what is the flipping story, everybody? Um, welcome to episode nine. Episode nine. I started this whole thing nine weeks ago, and I'm telling you, it's actually becoming now like <laughs> my highlight of the week uh, is recording these podcasts and putting them out into the ether for people to listen to while they're on their walks, on their jogs, cleaning up the kitchen, you know, in the middle of their workout, whatever way you want to consume it. It's it's astounding the amount of people that I've been able to reach through this medium. Like, when I started this whole podcast thingy, I was like, yeah, fuck it, I hope, you know, I hope a few people tune in or whatnot, like, you know what I mean? But um, it's not even so much the amount of people that are tuning in, even though I'm incredibly impressed at that and, and I'm com- completely humbled by that. It's more so the people that are actually listening, you know, the individuals that are listening and the, and the passion they have behind it and the love that they have for it. So um, I appreciate every single one of you. I really do. So, um, you know, we're going to make some lovely stuff together. You know what I'm saying? Into the future, we're going to make a whole bunch of loveliness. And, you know what I mean? You Like, with the, the, the people that ha- that are out there, like, you know, listening to this podcast, fuck it. Like, if I wasn't actually making a, a cent off of the Patreon, guys, like, I couldn't not do it. You know, I couldn't stop now. If, like, everybody that was, you know, uh, amazing enough to become a patron of mine, decided, no, all in one day, and I lost everybody, I'd still make this podcast, like, because it's just, you know, it's amazing, um, just having an effect on people's life that's positive, you know what I mean, so much fucking negative shit going around the place, um, these days, it's, it's, it's nice to have that, to have that positive, you know, impact on somebody's day. You know what I mean? Maybe change something for them. Maybe, maybe make them think about it in a in a different way. You know what I'm saying? So, um, like, I'm nearly at 100 patrons. I didn't check, actually, this morning. But I was three away from having 100 patrons. Like, I, like, that's just astounding to me. You know what I'm saying? So, thank you all. Thank you all so much because... I really appreciate it. Um, it's just incredible. You know what I mean. So, thank you. If I, if I, I'm giving you a hug through the microphone, I'm jumping out from the microphone, out of your headphones, out of your stereo, whatever you're playing me out of. Boom! I'm there. I'm right next to you. I got my arms open wide. I'm gonna give you one of them big hugs. You know, one of them hugs that you know when you fell over as a young fella and you're like, oh my god, I don't know what just happened. I was I was vertical, now I'm horizontal, and my knee hurts. Do you know that kind of hug when you, oh Jesus, you get picked up by your mom, or you get picked up by your dad, and oh, you just get a big hug. You're about six years old. I'm giving you one of them hugs. I'm giving you one of them like, oh yeah, here, everything's gonna be all right. Do you know what I mean? And we're gonna we're gonna absolutely boss it. Like you know what I mean? We're gonna absolutely boss it. We're gonna get through the day. And uh, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be the kings and queens of the kingdom of our own lives. That's what we're going to be. So, uh, yeah, it's class. It's a it's a very, very quiet morning on Ackle Island. 
Uh, I'm up before the sunrise, so what I'm looking out at right now is a pitch black window. Um, there is nothing to be seen. There is no wind. Usually I can hear the wind blowing really, really hard outside because we're, we're very coastal where we're living. So I can hear the Atlantic wind, you know, battering the island. But this morning I can't. Um, I can't hear that because it's a very, very calm morning. I'm hoping for a calm day. Um, makes it easier to get out and about, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm sitting here. It's it's quite quiet. Um, sipping my coffee. Coffee's still hot in the cup, which is good. Do you ever like uh, pour a cup of coffee in the morning? Just leave it, sit there. And it just like, you're like, oh yeah, it's only been there for about five minutes. You pick it up. It's absolutely stony cold. Like the coldest thing you've ever seen in your life. Like you wouldn't actually, you know, I don't mind cold coffee, but a lot of people just wouldn't dream of drinking a coffee once it, once it turned off. But you know what? Sometimes it can be refreshing. Sometimes it can refresh arise yourself. You know what I mean? And get that nice, delicious coffeeness into you. And it's cold. You know, but this is hot. So I'm going to drink this hot coffee right now. Mm, this is the thing about not editing the podcast is like I can't edit these sups out so you're going to hear me enjoy my delicious coffee while I'm on it um, but yeah um, today's episode is just like all of the other episodes that I've put out it's, it's, it's all about the experiences I've had the mistakes I've made and the lessons that I, that it has taught me, you know what I mean? I think life is a fantastic teacher, you know? Because, like, I could sit in a... I could sit in a, in a classroom for a year, right? Every single day for a year. And I wouldn't have learned the lessons about myself that running my first ever ultramarathon taught me. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that you have to go out and run an ultramarathon to learn lessons about yourself. That's actually far from what I believe. But what I do believe is like putting yourself into different situations and allowing yourself to experience different things is just going to be such a good learning experience. You know what I mean? Whether that's fucking taking up a crochet class. You know what I mean? Going to a pottery class. Um, deciding that you, you, know, you want to start walking a bit more. You'd like to go to the beach a bit more often and walk along the beach. Maybe you'd like to dip your toes in. Maybe you'd like to go in as far as your knees. Maybe then you'd like to go in and go fully dipping. You know what I mean? All of these things are going to add strings to your bow. Like, you know what I mean? Feathers to your cap. You know what I'm saying? They're all going to add things to your life. And, like, I'm I'm actually going to um, talk about... um, something that my my friend Paddy Douglas talked about and that was the pot of gold you know you know and each element of your life each like virtue of your life let's say is a a piece of gold it's a gold coin and you're filling up your pot with these gold coins and i i really thought about that aspect of life right as as this pot of gold you're filling it with gold coins you know what i mean and I had to think to myself, how many gold coins do I have, you know? I have I have a lot, you know? I have a lot, you know? I, I'm a linguist, I learn languages, um, I read a lot of books, I'm a reader, um, I'm an ultramarathon runner, I'm a, I'm a just a runner as well, like, you know what I mean? I'm a, an ultramarathon runner is just a, ru- a runner, you know what I mean? A fancy pants runner. It's a runner who thinks he's a fancy pants, 
but I'm a, I'm a mountaineer, I'm an adventurer, I'm a sea dipper, I'm a swimmer, you know. I, I do a lot of different things with my life and I think that that's the main reason why I'm able to pull so many things from my from my experiences in life is that I, I'm in them. Every time I do something, I'm there doing it. I'm not I'm not anywhere else, you know what I mean? I'm there to experience it, like, you know, and to, for it to teach me the lessons that it has taught me, you know what I'm saying? Whereas before, I just didn't, I didn't. I, even when I ran the two, the first ultramarathon, the first 100 miler, I wasn't in the frame of mind to take in the lessons that it was teaching me. But I dissected it afterwards, and I realized that it was teaching me and showing me things about myself that I never knew about, right? So I'm going to talk about all of these things because, like, this is about running, but I'm not a coach, but I will definitely, you know, I'll definitely say some things and you're going to be like, yeah, I've been there or I've done that because, like, we're all we're all on the same boat, like, you know what I mean? We all go through the same things, similar things in, in different spheres and different atmospheres in our lives, you know what I'm saying? So I'm going to start this this story about running, about um, a story to do with me that you wouldn't expect. Um, you would not expect this story of a man who who's run a 200-mile race and his first introduction to running and how negative it was. Um, it, it, it's, it's actually, it's, you know, it's one of those stories where I'm able to look back and I'm going to be like, oh, Jesus, you know, it's a bit of fun now, like, you know what I mean? But at the time I was like, ah, boys, this is kind of, you know, I don't really like this. But um, anyway, I was in first year of school, right? First year is 13 years old. So I'm 13 years old. I'm in first year of school. And there is a charity run that's being devised and being participated by um, all of the years in the school. So there, it's open to all years, right? Where we're going to run from the source of the Lee River. It's a big river that runs through Cork City. It's quite a large river. I suppose it's similar to the Liffey in Dublin, right? And we're going to run from the source of that river, which is in Gugon Barra, you know? Um, and run from Gugon Barra into the city. So you're gonna, we're going to basically follow the Lee River's trail into the city, right? That's what it was. It is a long run. But it was a relay run. So basically, you know, you'd be passing the bat on, let's say. You know what I mean? You'd be, it's a relay run, um, a team effort, let's say, to get in. And they're, they're looking for people to basically be on the relay team. And a guy in my class wanted to, to do it, you know. And I was like, flipping heck, I'll do it. And like, I suppose, I don't know why I thought I was going to be able to do it. I, I, I didn't know why I thought that I'd be able to do the training. Because you train all year, starting in kind of um, autumn time. And you'd be kind of running then at the, you know, near the start of the summer. I didn't know why I thought I would be able to do it, you know. Um, I just did. I, like, sometimes we just, you know, and I, I do this still today. It's something that's still about me. Is like, you know, if I don't know if I'm going to do something or not, I'll still give it a, a, a lash, like, you know what I mean? I'll still give it my best shot, like, you know. And um, so I actually borrowed my father's runners. I have ginormous feet. I don't know if uh, if you've noticed that about my Instagram, if you follow me on Instagram. I've got ginormous feet. Sometimes when I'm doing my workouts and stuff like that, you can see that there are two canoes attached to my legs and they're actually my shoes. I'm, my, my feet are absolutely gigantic, 
you know so um i had like size fucking 10 shoes when i was 13 and uh, so i borrowed my father's runners and i went to the first training session right and i must have only ran 500 meters lads honest to god i was this kind of i was this this chubby awkward kid and i didn't know why i thought that i i you know that i would belong in that sphere but um it quickly kind of told me that although i may have belonged in there in that sphere and how i'm that i may have belonged as a person physically i was made to feel that i didn't belong because i actually had to stop after 500 meters and watch the rest of the group just drift away and I remember making that long walk back to the school. Like, you know, I was just so out of breath. And I was like, what the fuck was I thinking doing this? <laughs> I was like, fuck's sake, boys. But you know what? On a serious note, 13-year-old me did, like, you know, felt really bad about it, you know? Felt really bad about it. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of one of those things where I was like, I didn't know, I didn't know that, uh, you know, things were going to change for me, you, you, know, you know, at that time, you think, oh, this is life, you know, this is life, you know, even, even in our 20s and 30s, we can think that, do you get me, we can have a bad experience with something, and we can just think, this is the way that this is going to be for us, and if I had thought like that at 13, obviously, when you're 13, you have, you know, um, you're, you're still developing, you're still getting older, you're still growing, you're still, you know, turning into a man, you know what I mean, you're, 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 very young you know what i mean but like let's say we're in our 20s and 30s and we have an experience like that it can sometimes put us off doing something or make it you know or or we can write a script for ourselves that running isn't for us or we can write a script that such and such isn't for us just because we weren't good at it or we had a bad experience not that we weren't even that good at it it was that we had a bad experience with it at the start and i would just implore everybody that you know, wanted to do something at whatever point in time, you know, that, that, maybe that kid in us wanted to do something, you know, wanted to go out and start fucking, you know, um, snorkeling, you know what I mean, or wanted to start doing something that was mad or whatever, and just had a bad experience at the start, it, it shouldn't put you off, basically, and I'd say that to all of the would-be runners out there, right, people are like, ah, I'm not a runner, or I couldn't, I didn't, would know where to start, one of the biggest tips I can give you guys is, um, let's try and flip that script. You know what I mean? You've written that script of I'm not a runner or I don't know how to run uh, for yourselves. Maybe it was true experience. Maybe it was true bad experiences that you've had with running or whatever the case may be. Or maybe it was that you've just decided that, you know, it's safer for me to kind of say, I'm not a runner than to actually give it a go and maybe fail and it's okay to fail I failed a billion times at so many different things and I'm telling you like I've and people say you know people say to me right you know like um oh yeah learning is the best you know uh, failing is the best learning experience you know I, I've learned way more from my failures and my successes you also have to be in the frame of mind to take those failures on you know what I mean failures can be shit like you know what I mean but we you know this is what 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 failures teach us is that they teach us not only do they teach us to 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 you know give things another go they teach us resilience they teach us resilience next time we come across a failure you know we'll be like oh, okay been here before 
pick myself up. I dusted myself off. You know what I mean? It was tough. But I did it. You know what I'm saying? So let's let's flip the script for any like would-be runners that aren't mad into running, would love to maybe give it a go, but feel, oh, I'm not a runner. I don't know where to go from here or whatever. Let's try and flip that script around the place because like, if I had allowed myself as that 13-year-old chubby boy who turned around after 500 meters from a 5K run, you know, if I had if I had written that script of I'm not a runner, then what what would have happened? You know, what would have happened? Um, a couple of years later, I decided that I didn't want to be the the I didn't want to be unfit. You know, I didn't want to be unfit, unhealthy, a bit overweight for my age. You know, I didn't want to be those things, and I and I decided to change it up, and that started me on the on the road, I suppose, to fitness. Like you know, um, and. I didn't really like I didn't really get into running um really until I started Thai boxing, right? So when I first started Thai boxing, right, it was just all about going up to the to the club and training, you know? And like that means like hitting pads, um doing a bit of, you know, sparring here and there, that kind of thing, you know what I mean? It was all drills and all this kind of stuff, you know, it was very much in the gym pads, you know, um all you know to do with fighting, it was no, it was no extracurricular stuff, yeah, you do weights on a Friday or something like that, but it wouldn't be, you know what I mean, it wasn't like a big deal or whatever, like, but then we started, then, when I started fighting, right, I'm gonna take a little sup of this coffee here, I hope you guys are, you know, hope you guys are enjoying your coffees or teas or whatever the case, it'll be while you listen to this maybe, you know what I mean, but I'm gonna enjoy my coffee right now, but yeah, when I first started in Thai boxing, I um I it was all to do with just training in the gym, but then I started fighting and my trainer was like, You gotta get your road work in. You know what I mean? You gotta start doing your runs now beforehand. So instead of turning up here at five to seven for the seven o'clock training, you gotta turn up here at, you know, twenty past six, get your run in, get back, get changed, and be ready for training. You know what I mean? You have to put your road work in if you wanted to if you wanted to be a fighter. And the fighters would always be heading back from runs and stuff like that. And I would be there like 17-year-old boy, eager fucking beaver here now. Like just absolutely, you know, wanting to fucking do everything. You know what I mean? Wanted to wanted to just be part of that crew. Like, you know what I mean? So then when he told me to start running, I was like, yes, sir. So I think I was just after starting working in champion sports at the time. If people remember champion sports, it's now called JD. It's now taken over by JD Sports. But I was working in champion sports at the time. So I went in. And spent my week's wages on a really expensive pair of ASICS runners. Because I was just absolutely delighted to be getting this opportunity to start running. You know what I mean? It was just so lovely to to start something new. Like, you know what I mean? Because I'd never, even when I was like losing weight all the way up until that point, I never did much running. I looked after my diet. I did a bit of, you know, I did a bit of um, like high intensity workouts and stuff like that. But running wasn't, you know, a huge part of my life or even a, a big part of my life, really. But then when I started running, you know, and I started doing runs with the Thai boxing lads, it it, it gave it a it gave it a purpose, I suppose. And and then I, I found out afterwards you don't need a purpose to go running, really. You don't. But it gave it a purpose at that time was I'm running, doing my road work to become a better fighter. You know what I mean? And um, so we'd all head off together, right, in this big kind of group sometimes. You know what I mean? Six or seven of us. You know, all running around Cork City. Um, and I'm telling you, it's so funny. Like, we, you know, when you're running, when I'm running now, 
I wear my little short shorts. You might have noticed that as well on my Instagram. I wear my little short shorts. And I wear my kind of like running tops. Whereas like when I started this, it was like tracksuit pants, you know, tucked into my socks. And uh, a hoodie on over a cotton t-shirt. You know, it was like everything you shouldn't be wearing as a runner. That's what it, that's what the, the running attire was for a boxer. Like, you know what I mean? So we were running. And then you'd do your loop, right? But if you were fighting you you you'd cut off in the middle of it right you'd cut off and you do the longer way around which included strawberry hill right anybody that knows me from the tie boxing days or anybody that you know is a tie boxer that's listening to this right now will know that strawberry hill is a bitch <laughs> because strawberry hill was one of those hills where you, you we all, we all have them around our areas where you get up to the top but then the top isn't actually the top. And there's more till you get to the top. And there's about three fall summits and there's really windy hill. And you finally get up to the top and you're actually bait. Um, but yeah, I was one of those guys where um, even if I didn't have a fight or not, I was still doing Strawberry Hill. You know, I always wanted to stay ready. I wanted to stay fighting fit even if I, even if I wasn't. On two occasions, I was actually offered a fight with a, with a couple of days and a week in advance. And I was able to take them because I was actually fairly close to my fight weight. And I was just committed. It was, and it was one of those times where I'm like, you know, um, you know, I suppose I, her, I, I honed that lesson of being committed then. Do you know what I'm saying? Because like, uh, you know, when you're like 17, 18, 19 and you're given something to focus on and it's, it's, it's you know, it's drawing commitment from you, it will it will teach you those lessons into your adulthood, you know what I mean? And like, there it, there is never too late to hone those skills of commitment, you know what I mean? Because discipline and commitment is is where you don't need that motivation. Just as I was saying to you in, in, um, in Jet Rotol's Motivation Machine in the third episode, right? You don't need that motivation when you're after honing your skills of, of discipline and commitment. You know what I mean? So that was what it was. So, like, um, you know, I and I didn't even realize, I didn't realize at the time, but I was actually a fairly good runner. You know, we'd all start off together, but I'd be fecking booting on around the runs, like, you know what I mean? Finish, coming back first to the gym and stuff like that. There was a few other really good runners in the gym as well that would bait me back sometimes, you know what I mean? And we would, you know, we'd, we'd have a little bit of a competition with it, you know what I mean? And healthy competition is is a beautiful thing, like, you know what I mean? Um, And, like, yeah, from from there, that was my only real relationship with running was just doing it through tie boxing, do you know what I mean? Um, And, uh... Yeah, it was just it was just a really phew, Jesus. I look back at it now and I'm like, wow, you know. Um, those times in your life when I'm probably going to look back at the times when I'm 29 years old, living on Ackle Island, running around Ackle Island as well. You know what I mean? That's one thing that I've learned from life is that we'll we look back sometimes. I look back as you know as a 19 year old, right? running around Cork City, training for fights, just delighted to be out and doing this. And what, why, you know, I will also look back 10 years from when I was, you know, 19 to now, you know, 29. I will look back when I'm 39 at that 29-year-old boy on Ackle Island, you know, climbing up mountains, running around, I'm probably thinking like he had it all figured out. You know what I'm saying? So like, 
it teaches you an awful lot of lessons like you know what I mean looking back on your life you should also think yeah do you know what I'm probably going to look back at this time in my life and go whoa you know that was class or I was you know I did great or I was doing well and blah 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 so yeah give yourself credit do you know what I mean give yourself credit um but if you've listened to the first two episodes of the podcast you know about my my first ultra marathon and then my first kind of real like endeavor into real ultra which is the 200 mile run um and i i was talking about the finish of the 200 miler and that was you know uh what what was i feeling after that 200 mile run how after i finished a lot of people ask me and wonder what i was feeling after that 200 mile run it was very much um it was very much a, an element of calmness would you believe it was a real element of calm um i've noticed when i look over the videos of me crossing um, the 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 200 mile line um i i just think of myself as just being there you know i'm just right there i'm right there in that moment and i i don't um i'm not thinking about anything else I'm not thinking about being anywhere else. You know what I mean? I'm thinking about, I'm not thinking about like, oh, flip sakes, you know, um, I never fucking told work that I sent that email to this person here or, oh, flipping heck, you know, what are, you know, what are we going to do after this? <laughs> you know what I mean? I wasn't thinking about anything else. Just being right there, you know what I mean? And just being in it, like, you know, so, um, Yeah. It was it was it was an astounding time, but um, after it kind of died down, and the next day I woke up and I was actually able to move, which was surprising. I was actually able to walk pretty okay. I started to think of myself, you know, um, I thought back to the first to the first time I did that ultramarathon, that hundred miler, and I thought. I've got some unfinished business in Connemara. I got some unfinished business up in here. See you, uh, Connemara. Yeah, got a bit of unfinished business with you. So I said to myself, "Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to enter into the Connemara 100, the the, the first ultra marathon I ever did. I dip my little toe into the ultra marathon world by um, entering the the Connemara 100 first day. So what I will say is." When I finished the 200 mile run, I was like, yeah, we're going back to Connemara. All roads point to Connemara and we're going to do it. And we're going to do it right. And I said to myself, I was like, I am going to run 100 miles in under 24 hours, in under a day. That's what I said to myself. I was like, okay, I'm going to run 100 miles. And I had run it in 28 hours, right? The, the first time and even in the 200 mile race I never did uh, I never did 100 miles in 24 hours I didn't do it I, I you know I just um, I, um, I I did it in like 20 fucking 9 or something like that I was even slower than my first 100 miler because I was trying to pace myself so I was like do you know what no boys I'm going to try and run 100 miles in under 24 hours you know you just pick these things in your head sometimes you're like ah oh, yeah that's what I'll do do you know you just there's no real rhyme or reason to it it's just like yeah fuck it it just seems like something cool to do and something good to do I'm still riding that kind of train today I'm like if it sounds cool and sounds like something that's just amazing and allows me to take on you know my full capabilities in my life I'm going to do it like you know what I mean I'm not it you know 
And I haven't even gotten an opportunity to properly showcase that yet. And I will go through a few more things with you guys. But, like, the 100 mile run was astounding because I remember coming to the halfway point. It's like 80 odd kilometers. And I was just just shy of my checkpoint number two at 55 miles, right? And I got in there and um, I was kind of, I just, I kind of sat down for a minute and ate some food. And uh, my dad asked me how I'm feeling, and I said, I think, I think I'm actually, I think I'm going to pick up the pace a bit, Dad. And uh, he was looked at me, and he was like, he, you know, he never, he would never ever say, you know, are you sure that's a good idea? He allows me to ride the crest of these waves, right? And the thing about riding a wave is, it can bring you gently to the beach, or you can crash off the rocks, And what my dad was doing in that moment right then and there when I said to him that I wanted to pick up the pace was he was allowing me to choose. To choose whether I rode this wave onto the beach to a gentle finish or whether I I rode that wave and I I crashed into the rocks. And um, that's a beautiful freedom to allow somebody to have, you know, um... If if somebody is um, if somebody is trying to do something, a lot of the times we wanna we wanna come in with our two cents and we wanna tell them this and that and the other. There are some times, and this is one of those times with, with my father, where he may have felt, you know, mm, are you sure that's a good idea? But he didn't say it. He didn't. He didn't wanna. He didn't wanna burst that that bubble. You know, he didn't want to. He didn't want to choose to 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 try and get into my head because he because he wasn't he wasn't in the race you know what I mean I was there in it and I said I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna I, I think I'm ready to go faster so I got myself going again after that stop and I was blistering blistering and I ran an incredible pace to the next um to the next uh, checkpoint at mile sixty seven so. It was 12 kilometer, 12 miles, right? 12 miles, which is about 19 kilometers or something like that, right? And it was one of the only times that I can remember that I was in a proper flow state where I thought that it was 20 minutes had gone by, but it was actually like, you know, nearly two hours, you know, had gone by. And... It was actually probably about two and a half hours had gone by, and I thought it was about twenty minutes. But when I got to my to to checkpoint sixty seven, I I barely stopped. I barely stopped. I stopped for a second, made sure my book got signed, and I was gone. I ate a bar, and I was gone, and I was I went all the way through to to Roundstone. And if anybody remembers episode two, I think of the podcast, and I talk about coming into you know, checkpoint at mile 82, Roundstone, for my first ever ultramarathon. And <laughs> I'm lying down on the concrete with my legs up on the boot of the car, trying to get blood out of my legs. And then I get put into the car because I won't stop shivering. And I have a, a, like, I close my eyes for three minutes. And I wake up and I'm like, oh, God. I feel like half dead. I rocked into Roundstone and my legs felt like, yeah. You know, you have to run an 82 miles here, like, you know what I mean? You're, you're, 
you're you're deep into the pain cave like you know what i mean but after i left roundstone and i started my my way forward to um to finish this 100 miler i said i'm gonna i'm gonna smash this this 24 hours i'm gonna absolutely smash this 24 hours like this was i was doing mad time like you know what i mean um you know i wasn't even near 20 hours at that point you know at the at the um at the 82 mile mark i was like you know i'm still in the teens so i was like you know i'm gonna really do something with this and then i i left runestone and about mile 84 i did one of the biggest script flips mid run i've ever done in my life the script of the script of oh i'm gonna try and do 24 hours i knew in my head that i was going to be able to do under 24 hours i knew that i knew i was going to try and you know i was going to be able to do that like you know what i mean so i was setting a bar that i knew that i was going to be able to to get under you know what i mean and i and, I, and i've decided not to do that anymore you know i've decided not to do that anymore i'm going to try and do a, a personal best for my marathon right my marathon is 330 right three hours and 30 minutes that's my fastest marathon i could i know now that i could breeze a, a three hour and 25 minute marathon in my own in my physical uh, form my physical state right now i could breeze that so when i try and do my pb i'm going to try and get under 315 so i'm going to knock 15 minutes off of that marathon time and I, and that's that's the thing that i've decided to do now is like yeah, if I'm gonna, you know, I might even try and get like below three twelve. You know what I mean? Because there's there's no point in my mind. Just Connor's mind now. You know what I mean? And this this probably goes for everybody. There's no point in me like just shooting for something, knowing it's going to be a win. You know what I mean? I like that element of you know that element of failure, right? And that element of you know oh, I could I could not do this. You know what I mean? Because that drives that drives me anyway, you know what I mean? And and it's it, it creates the opportunity for a lesson to happen, you know? So when I was in that hundred mile race and it was mile eighty four, I said, Fuck going for under twenty four hours. We're getting a top ten finish. That's our new goal. Now I knew there was a lot of runners ahead of me. There was a lot of runners ahead of me, you know what I mean, at that time. But but like I just, I remember my dad hopping out of the car with a bottle of water and just handing it to me and kind of, you know, he he would, he would ran quite a bit with me, you know what I mean, side by side, he wasn't pacing me or anything, that wasn't allowed, but you can, you can run with your, your person as long as you're not pacing them, and he ran with me, and he passed me the bottle of water, and he was like, how are you feeling, how are you feeling, you know, like, it was like about two or three miles out of Roundstone, we had just had a chat about like, you know, oh yeah, I'm okay, I'm feeling good, feeling good, whatever, I looked at him and I goes, I, I think I can actually like go 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 a lot faster. Like I think I've got serious juice left in the tank, like you know what I mean? And he was like, Really? And I was like, Yeah, I I I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna push on now from here. Like so I pushed on and I um I made a go at changing that script of I'm going to get under 24 hours to making that top 10 finish. And I started, I started taking places, taking places, taking places. I was passing people left, right and center. People were starting to fade at that time because I had really 
played a very conservative game for the first half of this of this this hundred miler. I was very conservative. I was conserving energy. You know what I mean? Up until mile fifty five, and then I started to open up. Now I was like, I'm really ready to open up. And it was a really funny funny part where um, I was really pushing the pace now, and I passed these two ladies at a ridiculous pace because I had really saved a lot of energy. And these, two, where the fuck did you come from? As I passed the two of them, I was like, "Where the fuck did you come from?" I was like, "I'm, I'm, do, yeah, I'm running. I'm just, I'm gonna run. Best of luck." And I passed out those ladies, and it was just in the middle of the night now, like, and it was just my head torch, this lanky fucking giraffe gazelle, just fucking passes them by in the middle of the night. Very, very funny story. Like, you know what I mean? They were laughing about it as well, and um, they were absolute warriors because, like, they were like. They were obviously after pushing a serious pace at that at the uh, the first part of that race. You know what I mean? So um, they were absolute warriors, you know. And I passed them on, and I I kept going and going and going until I got to mile like ninety six, and I my stomach just fell out of my body. I felt like absolute crapola. I was like. I just started walking, and then my dad hopped out, and I was like, oh, dad, my stomach, man, is in boots. And uh, he was like, well, you know, I don't even know if this was true or not, right? I actually, I never asked him if this was true or not. He was like, well, look, those head torches, you know, there's a few head torches behind you that are getting closer. You know, they're gaining on you, like, you know, so, you know, what do you want? What do you want to do? And I was like, fuck it. So I just started, I started picking up the pace a bit and a bit more and a bit more and a bit more and got into Clifton to finish off the race, got around, finished up in 21 hours and nine minutes. So three hours under what I thought it was going to finish. And I went to your man. I was like, okay, where, where am I? What, what position am I? What, what place am I? And he was like, you're, you're 11th. <laughs> I missed the top ten finish just by one. Um, but in in all fairness, I think the next person that was like um, that was like in the tenth position was like nineteen hours and twenty five minutes or something. So they were in way before me. You know what I mean? But it was just I, I found it. I actually laughed because I found it so funny that like I was you know eleventh when I was aiming. You know when I switched it up at my lady four to to try and get to. Um, to a top 10 finish and I and I got, came 11th I thought it was very funny it was almost poetic justice or something like that you know what I mean but I just thought it was hilarious like you know what I mean I was like ah boys I'm after breaking me flipping back here now trying to get that but Jesus was that a failure no way I don't think anybody would ever you know say that that was a failure or whatever the case be but it was just great like it was great that like you know it just it, it extended the carrot on the stick maybe a bit like you know what I mean it just made me think about like what I could do next you know what I mean so after I did that, um, after I did that, you know, I, I I suppose that was when I was like, okay, you know, knocking seven hours off of a hundred mile time in a year, and in the middle of that, winning a two hundred mile race, you probably have a bit of talent for this whole ultra marathon stuff. So what I did was, I announced Project Thirty Two, which was going to be thirty two marathons in thirty two days in the thirty two counties of Ireland. With 32 pounds on my back. I'm not going to talk too much about that. Because I've, I've talked quite a lot about it right. And it's, it's going to happen. But it, it, 
it changed obviously because of covid and we couldn't do it um, and even on the run-up to that a very funny story about um after that 100 miler in august in that october i ran 100 kilometers on a treadmill in a shopping center and i wanted to aim to go under 12 hours so i was giving myself a time commitment like you know as, as well so i I set myself that challenge of, of doing that, right? I found out a week and a half before I was meant to jump on the treadmill that it was actually going to happen. A week and a half? Yeah, a week and a half. And at that time, I was sick as a dog. I was so, I had such a bad head cold. It's October 2019. I had such a bad head cold. I was in bits and I had, I had a pulled muscle in my left calf, right? And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Because I've been trying if I can get this thing going now for about five weeks. And then they finally let me know that I could do it on a certain day. Like, you know what I mean? So I I was like, yeah, cool. Let's do it. Do you know what I mean? So I, I jumped at the opportunity. But I organized the whole thing, you know, um, I suppose, getting the treadmill and all this kind of stuff. getting And even like getting a truck to transport the treadmill to the shopping center and things like that. And, um, you know, it was just, I suppose, um, I, I shouldn't have really been thinking about all that kind of stuff, I suppose, you know what I mean, wanting to do this 100 kilometers in front of everybody on a treadmill with a fucked up leg and, and, and sick as a dog, you know what I mean, but anyway, the morning of, I actually pulled, I helped pull the fucking um, treadmill into the shopping center and nearly did my back, um, so it was so, it was such a, such a, a fandango like you know what I mean but anyway uh, I hopped up on the treadmill didn't say a word about my sickness or my leg or anything like that to to anybody really uh, only John um from from PA the house and did it ran it ran it in 11 and a half hours um in absolute bits um from the very start um but yeah that was that was fun but when project 32 um, when Project 32 finished up, and well, not finished up, but it was like put on hold, put on hiatus. Um, I said, Do you know what? We, we're not going to take this as like this is the this is the end or whatever the case may be. I was going to put Project 32 to the side, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen, like 100%. It's going to happen. You know what I mean? But it just it it has to be timed properly. And I said, I'm going to do, when I, when I was meant to start this was April 1st, April Fool's Day. So what I did was I announced that I would do challenges every day for for the month of April. And it was just so funny, the, the challenges that I was coming up with and the challenges that people were picking for me and stuff like that. Like pushing my, pushing my mother's people carrier for a kilometer and um, carrying 50 kilos in a farmer's walk for a kilometer uh, doing lunges for a kilometer, you know, doing all of these things that are just like, you know, they just, they were mad, they were good fun. And it all culminated in this mad idea that I had. I was like, okay, we are in lockdown. We can't go anywhere. Where, what could I do that was, that would be pretty, you know, cool and was going to test me. Like, you know what I mean? That was going to really test me because like, if I had set myself the, the, the goal of running 100 miles, I, I'd have done it, it'd have been sore or whatever, but it was like, I wanted to do something that was completely different. So I said, I'm going to do a run around my patio. It's like a 17 meter loop run around my patio for a day. 
<laughs> for 24 hours and I was going to take an eight minute break every two hours. So every two hours, it's going to take uh, you know eight minutes to just basically eat food, quickly move my body around the place, and I was going to keep going, right? So, um, the patio run was was ridiculous. Like you know what I mean? It was like I didn't even really fully understand what I was even getting into at the time. I knew it was going to be fucked up, and I knew that it was going to be you know something that was going to pull a lot out of me. But like jesus like you know i i I really didn't have that much of an idea like you know especially going through the night when when everyone else is asleep you know the whole world is quiet like you know in your estimation because there's no there's no bird song in the trees it's dark there's not even many cars on the road very few if even and you're you're there running around your patio and all you can hear is your 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 footsteps hitting the tiles of the patio and i remember you know watching the sun fade as i ran loops around this patio and it came into full darkness um and i i kept running and then running so much and running for that period of time to watch the sunrise and um it was actually almost emotional you know it was actually almost emotional just watching that sunrise on the next day while still running the same loop on the same tiles of patio you know and one thing i didn't expect was it was going to be a very warm and sunny day that day really really hot day um uh, i got a bit of sunstroke um and for the last two hours of the run um i couldn't keep anything down including liquids um so i was vomiting quite a lot and um just in a really really bad way just in a really 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 bad way just fatigue was really really getting to me i was um incredibly i was obviously sleep deprived and I was just incredibly um, sick from the sun. Um, and there was two hours left. And I just took my last break. And I just said, forget that anything exists outside of this two hours. There is nothing. There is no past. You have not had a life before these two hours. And you will not have a life after these two hours. These two hours are your entire life. Morphed into two sets of 60 minutes and that's what you have to get through and I, and I did <laughs> I did I remember dropping to the floor and, and lying down on the on the patio and my knees ankles were were really really just spent they were done and uh, just realising what I had done you know <laughs> run around my patio for 24 hours it's pretty pretty cool what it taught me was that like you know whatever i decided to to point my my gaze at point my will at that i was going to do it like that i was going to be able to do it there's going to be faster stronger fitter people than me in the world for sure absolutely 100 percent. but uh yeah i don't quit like you know um Um, 
So yeah, Paddy O'Run, that was finished. Enough of war stories, I'm actually 47 minutes in and I just uh, did some loads of war story talk, right? But um, I suppose I'll get an old flipping few tips for you. What I will say to you guys as a warning is, you might want to get a pen and paper. Like, it's not going to be sciencey, coachy type stuff because I'm not a coach. And, um, you know, I do know a lot now. You know what I mean? And people are saying to me, oh, you're not a coach, but you do know a lot about running. And, you know, that gives you this right to maybe, you know, talk about it because you've done so much. I'm like, yes, I probably know more than like somebody with a personal training degree would ha- would know about running. I- absolutely. And, and that gives them the right to, you know, to to teach you about running or whatever the case may be but what i'm going to say to you guys is this is completely my own experience and anything that i say to you from here and going forward i recommend that you you get a coach if you get a running coach to to help you go through these elements um you'll you'll have way less chance of getting injured you'll have way less chance of overtraining and you'll, you'll just get better results so if you are in a position to be able to get a coach, do that. If you're not, the first of the four tips that I'm going to give, the four kind of breakdown of tips that I'm going to give is arm yourself with the information, right? That's like rule numero uno. Knowledge is power because knowledge is power. Like, you know what I mean? You, you, if you are a if you are a, um, uh, uh, somebody who wants to do anything, you gots to know about it. Do you know what I'm saying? So, like, I uh, through my time in, um, in, in, in developing my own kind of knowledge on running, I've, I've had to take in a lot of information and I've, had, I've discarded a lot of it to him. Like, that's a load of shite. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to affect that away because it doesn't, it doesn't work for me, but it might work for you, you know? Carb loading might work for you. Eating gels might work for you. Different breathing techniques might work for you. They don't work for me. Right? And I've had to I've had to try things and experiment with things to actually fig to really figure that out. Do you know what I mean? To really know um what that is. You know what I mean? To 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 figure out what does work and what doesn't. So arm yourself with the information, right? But be ready for some some contradictions, right? Because I'm telling you now, anybody that that is in the fitness, you know, fitness and health and all this kind of stuff industry, right, knows there is nothing more contradictory than the fitness and health industry. Don't eat this. Do eat this. Don't drink that. Do drink that. There is there's so many different people saying so many different things. So when I say arm yourself with the information, I mean get the information, question the information. Find out more corroboratory um, evidence that corroborate that information and make that information solidified. And when you make when you make those types of um, efforts to find that type of information, you got some good info. You know what I mean? You got good info that you can actually use and it's actually tangible. Do you know what I mean? Whereas half the time, uh, boys and gals, people just say shit online and stuff like that that makes them sound fucking pure you know intelligent oh actually yeah if you uh if you eat too much protein it takes calcium from your bones to help break it down all all this shit makes them sound like fucking you know geniuses or whatever but most of these people boys and gals 
don't have like genetic biology you know microbiology or biomedical fucking backgrounds or whatever to give you this information they're like personal trainers and they read an article that said some fucking shite about that and that's just they've taken that on as yeah that's the truth because that article said so question fucking everything question everything because there's so many fucking people out there that want you know to to sound smart and they'll fucking tell you whatever the fuck so i'm going to tell you one thing that i have one one thing that you can do right now that i found really 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 good when i first started before i ever got a coach right if you're not in the position to be able to get yourself a coach which i definitely recommend homies an online running program that you get from somebody that's updated every week and that's actually, you know, that's taking your data into account. Like my coach, Donica, fit for long on Instagram. I always uh, post him up because he's just he just makes my training so much better and, and so much easier to, to know what I'm doing. When you get someone like that, that takes in your data and actually like creates a bespoke exercise program for you, do you know what that's saying to yourself? It's saying, I'm worth this. I'm worth this. You know what I'm saying? It's a much bigger thing than just, I'm just going to get a coach. You're investing in yourself. Now, look, I'm an incredibly, you know, frugal person or whatever the case may be. So, like, these things that, you know, that I say to people to go get or whatever, I completely understand if you don't have the money to do these things, right? But if you have money to be eating takeaways every night instead of cooking dinners, right? Or you have money to, you know what I mean, um, get your nails done every two weeks um, and get your hair done and all these type of things, you should have, you know, if you want to do something like this, if you want to, to, to move forward in something like this, if you wanted to go parasailing or you wanted to go uh, windsurfing you'd get an instructor wouldn't you it's the same thing with running only we don't think about running in that way because we're like oh sure i've been running since i would sure i haven't run since i was three you know what i'm saying i've been running since i was a little baby yeah no yeah you've been running since you're a little baby but you've probably been doing it wrong now because you're looking at other people running and stuff like that and you're like oh this is the way you're meant to run oh, get get yourself an old coach boys and gals if you if you can if you can't right I downloaded this app at the very start before I ever had a coach called Nike Training Club, right? Nike Training Club. Whatever you feel about Nike, it's all gravy. I downloaded this app, right? It was actually my father told me to download it. And I downloaded this app. And what it actually did was it gave me a number of warm-up and warm-down exercises. There's loads of different exercises on it. Core workouts and you know, leg workouts and all this kind of stuff. But what I used it for was my warm-ups and warm-downs and my mobility, my mobility stuff. So, because I kind of knew about, you know, I knew about a bit, a bit about fucking core work and I knew a bit about, you know, all these kind of things. But the mobility side of things, body mechanics side of things and like warming up for runs and cooling down for runs, they're completely different to what I thought, you know, was warming up before. Warming up for a run for me was running the first five minutes slow. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's that's what gets you injured is like not warming up properly, not cooling down properly, not looking after your body and knowing, you know. And you you by doing this work and doing these mobility workouts, you get to know, you know, what parts of your body are actually, you know, to blame, you know, for, for certain things or what parts of your body are sore and they might need a rest and all this kind of stuff. 
you know so that's my first tip on in running and and on the whole this the all these four tips are all to do with injury prevention right so the next thing right if you're if you're taking if you're jotting these down with your pen right is get strong get fucking strong like and I, and I don't mean like you know get to the point where you can li- you know deadlift 150 kilos no what I mean is when I when I thought talk about getting strong a lot of the things that I use to get strong are my own body it's my own body weight so if if you're looking at this and going oh I, you know I couldn't go to the gym now and lift all these things no grab yourself a plank <laughs> get into a plank it's the easiest fucking thing to get into in the world, but it's so tough to hold. And it's really, really fantastic for your whole overall body structure. Get into an old plank. That's literally what I would say is, is, is an unbelievable tip. Is just start using your body to get stronger. Get into a plank. Get into a wall sit. You know, sit down on a box and get back off a box. Like do squats onto boxes. You know what I mean? Get make if you if you have to make things work for you in that way. I'm not great at doing squats, boys and girls. I couldn't squat for worth the poos. You look at me and you go like you look at me from far away and you go, this guy can't squat for worth a shit like you know what I mean? Because I can't because I've just got super long levers. I'm really lanky and you know the the time and effort it would take me to get into, like, be able to get to doing a really good, solid squat, it doesn't, for me, give the payback, you know, of, of knowing how to squat. Do you get what I'm saying? But I've what I have done is I've learned from my shit squat what I need to strengthen, what, what muscles I need. I need to strengthen my lower back. I need to strengthen my calves. I need to strengthen my glutes. You know, I need to strengthen all of these things because, you know, and that's what the squat taught me. But, like, I'm, I'm telling you now, like, I'm one of the most imbalanced people. Well, I'm not as much anymore. Over the last two years, I've done an awful lot of work on, I suppose, bringing balance to my body and, like, really focusing on that. And um, because, like, I was, I, like, I've, ha- I've, got, um, I've got scoliosis, right, in my spine. So, like, my spine is, is actually has a curvature in it. And that kind of put a lot of things out of line. My shoulder blades, my scapulae don't really sit properly on my back. It looks a bit weird. But it's all gravy, you know what I mean? I'm, I, I actually had to f- kind of forget about that, nearly just forgive that element of my body for ages. It was like, yeah, look, you're just kind of a bit bendy, you know what I mean? You got a bit of a twisty spine, you know what I'm saying? And that's 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 gravy, but it put a load of things out of line. It made my hips jut forward and, and down, and, you know, it made me very, you know, inflexible in certain movements and all this kind of stuff. So by getting stronger, I'm, I'm, I'm more flexible. I've got better mobility. My stride is way better. And when I talk about stride, right, and, and how to develop, how I developed my strength in my stride was, this is something straight out of the Donica Long, Fit for Long, you know, cookbook of, of exercises, is single leg exercises. When you think about running, right, we're never on our, we're never on both of our feet when we run. Only one foot is on the floor at all times. That's actually how you know you're running and not walking. That's one of the rules in race walking, right? In race walking, if both feet hit the ground, or both feet are off the ground at, at any one time, then you'll get a warning. So how you know you're running is <laughs> only one foot is ever 
on the ground at any one time. You're never, you never have both feet on the ground. So when he said that to me and he said, single leg is stuff is the way forward. You know what I'm saying? It is because you're developing the stabilizing muscles. So what I did was I was combining one legged stuff. So that means lunges, uh, one legged um, squats, so like pistol squats. I can't do a pistol squat worth a shit now, right? I'm telling you now, right? But I do pistol squats onto a box. I've got a little um, box here in the sitting room, right? And I just squat down with one leg onto this box and squat back up. I'm not great at them. Can't do many of them, but I do them because they're hard. And because I know those muscles could do with a bit of strengthening up, you know what I mean? They could do with a bit of bolstering, you know, a bit of scaffolding, you know what I mean? Lay, lay on a bit of scaffolding onto these muscles, you know what I'm saying? So, and the, the next element of it as well is because I'm, I'm focusing on generating better stability through my core, through my legs, through my entire body, right? I try and destabilize myself as much as possible in training. Now, one thing that I have... Um, that I have done was, I've used the Swiss ball to do that, and you can see that on my story sometimes, I post up my my uh, my press-ups and my get-ups on the Swiss ball and stuff like that, and it's funny because I'm terrible at it, but I keep doing it because there's one of these days where I'm not going to be terrible at it, and I'm going to have that strength in my body that's going to come out when I'm training, and I can really... Like, you'd think I'd feel it in my arms a lot. I don't really feel it in my arms. I feel it in my core because that's what I'm training. I'm training that core stability that when when I am running at a, at, a, at a fairly good pace or even running at all, I'm swapping my weight from side to side. And if those muscles are better able at doing that, they're, it's, it's less likely that they're going to get injured. Yeah, I could get injured. I'm, I, like, like everybody is going to get injured at some point in time. It's part and parcel of being active is knowing that, you know what I mean? Things are going to break down. You, like, there's people here that are going to be listening to this that have probably paid fucking 20 grand for a car, and that's fucking broken down, right? So these fucking highly engineered precision, precision vehicles break down and stuff, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to have problems sometimes. You know what I mean? You're not going to be able to cover all the bases, but it's okay. You know what I mean? But getting strong is such a, a fantastic element of that. And the two tips that I will give you that, that, that you should definitely write down on this, um, this thing and one that you should really look out more for information on is single leg exercises, right? If you're a runner, single leg exercises and stability exercises, exercises that pull those stabilizing muscles out and they go, here, line up there, boys, line up. You know what I mean? It's inspection. We're inspect your stability muscles right now, and they're checking how shiny this the shoes are on these stability muscles. So stabilizing, destabilizing yourself when you're training and things like that will really, really help. But the destabilizing element of it has to be done safely. So you have to really, you know, find your find your information on that because, like, there's no point in putting, you know, fucking eighty or a hundred kilos on your back in a squat and then getting onto a bozu ball. Do you ever see those fuckers online doing that, like, getting onto a fucking bozu ball with a big fucking weight on their back, falling over, cracking their fucking heads? Don't do that, right? Do it safely, please, right? So, single leg exercises and destabilization. Those are two things, boom, unreal. Bozu balls are actually fantastic for it. Just don't put any weight on you. You don't need weight. You really don't. To get what you need out of that, you don't need weight. Just your body. Just your body. And that'll do. Right? Um, the next thing, right, is... And 
the last the last one is going to be one where it's going to be fairly all encompassing um and it's really one that i want everybody from people that want to start doing their 5ks all the way up to people that want to run ultra marathons should listen to but the third one is is a very run specific one and it's one that people that are looking to take their running to that next level right they've 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 been running a while you know they've ran a couple of races they know what their pbs are for for a 5k and a 10k and you know what i mean they're feeling good about it you know they feel like they want to do maybe longer distance or they want to get faster cut a few minutes off of um, their times right there's a principle that i work with in my running and it's actually one that i find sometimes hard to stick to i'm telling you straight up now sometimes i make my easy days a bit too hard and sometimes i make my hard days a bit too easy but what these what the principle is is and you can write this down if you want to is easy days are very easy hard days are very hard that's the principle of run training really is that if you're going to have a hard days running where you're going to push the pace that's exactly what you should do you shouldn't be you know in the middle ever you shouldn't be in the middle or if you're going to be very easy it should be very easy you should be able to chat your fucking ass off you should be able to just you know nice and calm breath you know really really easy running you don't want to be in that middle zone where i was for like the first year of my running was in that middle zone and probably all of the running i did throughout my tie boxing times was in this middle zone you don't want to be in the middle it's like think about piggy in the middle right jesus i'm thinking about this now on the spot and it makes sense and this is one this is the way that i'm going to think about it let's think about piggy in the middle here right one side is easy and the other side is hard and the the piggy in the middle who's 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 struggling and who is not doing very good is the is the piggy in the middle right so the piggy in the middle is your mid zone like where you're you're it's neither easy or hard you know you want you want to be on either side of the piggy that piggy in the middle you want to be one of the people that's tossing you know tossing his school bag over his head you know keeping him away from him right you want to be the easy on an easy day you want to be super easy and on a hard day you want it to be hard you know and the thing about the hard days is they require more recovery just remember that when you're doing your hard days don't go out try and fucking do a super fucking hard days training and 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 then do another super hard day the next day because that's how how we end up overtaxing certain muscles and we might not get injured then and we might not get injured next week but it may lead to something down the line so you have to keep that fine balance right so easy days very easy and hard days very hard you know what i mean and what's that what that is actually leaning to and i don't want to talk too much about the sciencey parts of it i want you you guys to take on lesson number one arm yourselves with information and get more information on this element so this is all to do with heart rate training and it's about to do to do with aerobic and anaerobic energy systems right so i'm not going to talk too much about that because it's boring as fuck 
and as well you know i don't want to be given information that i don't know 100 percent about because this is secondhand information this is information i'm getting from my coach and from you know from from talking you know through it and from reading my own stuff about it and finding out my own information on it but what i would say to you is use lesson one to find out more about heart rate training anaerobic and aerobic energy systems and and using that to your advantage you know what i'm saying they're uh they're they're it's 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 a incredibly uh beneficial way to train because a lot of people no matter what no matter what they want to do with with in terms of running and stuff like that knowing what you're actually doing the purpose behind each run is half the battle so if you know the purpose behind this run is to get more of our aerobic base or this is to really push our anaerobic system and get that you know get uh, you know uh, get our bodies used to fake and flushing out lactic acid and recovering on the go you know what you're doing right now the last lesson and this is one that has that i have learned along the way and it's the one that i know is just incredibly important right is tip number four know know that this is a journey know that running just like anything in life is a journey full of ups and downs and side to side and static it's a journey filled with so much of everything um for me it's been a journey of supreme highs winning 100 mile runs you know smashing uh, or winning 200 mile runs smashing 100 mile personal bests and it's been filled with lows where i just like i'm injured i think i'm okay and then i'm injured again and i think i'm okay and then i'm injured again and part of this whole journey is being injured you know you you're go- you can have those injuries at times and you sometimes can never see the light at the end of the tunnel you never see the end of this injury and you know what sometimes you live with those injuries for a long time and they're just going to be there for a long time but what i'm going to say to you guys is there is a way of there is a way of of getting through those there is a way of getting through those mentally and physically and like you know all i'm going to say to you guys is it is a journey of 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 absolute you know of supreme magnitude because like anything that we want to pursue in our lives there is going to be an all merciful amount of change of difference and you're not going to be able to control everything so it's a real time for us to to think about controlling what we can control in this whole um element of 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 trying to put effort into it so make sure that you know that there is the mental side and the physical side so the mental side is is incredibly important to 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 get a hold of because one thing that i find as well especially if i was injured is oh my god i've been so long now without running and so long without training that i just feel like i've such a mountain to climb to get back to where i was do you know the person that you're thinking about there, that person in the past doesn't exist. 
The past doesn't exist. Who you were when you ran your first marathon or your first 10K and the fitness you had at that time doesn't exist. The only person that exists is the person that you have right now. And the person that you have right now inside your body, your cells, remembers that person. And no matter how long you've taken breaks from something, I took a break from Thai boxing for four years and hopped back into the ring and had my first fight and won. And it showed me that just because you've taken a hiatus from something or some, or you've, you've had an injury that stopped you from doing something for a while it does not mean that you cannot ever get back to it. Don't ever talk yourself out of something before you've you know, actually given yourself that shot to prove yourself wrong. Because there's so many times when I've had my injuries and I've thought, okay, fuck it. Like, I've, you know, I'm actually I'm getting a bit flabby, getting a bit pudgy. I put on a bit of weight, you know, I, like I get down in the kitchen, then I do a couple of press ups and I'm like, fuck, they feel really hard. Like, I remember popping out 30 or 40 of these at a time and having no problem. And now I'm struggling to do 10. That's okay. That's your body waking the fuck back up. But you need to give yourself that opportunity to wake it back up sometimes. You know what I mean? That's the thing about injury. Let's let fucking let's not think of injury as a fucking finish line here. Injury is something that we need to take very seriously and we need to start doing active things to recover from them. A lot of the time it actually goes back to tip number 2, get strong. A lot of the time when we have injuries, we don't need as much rest as we think. We need to strengthen the muscles. It's to do with weaknesses or imbalances in your body. So we need to get to work, right? So what I'm going to say to anybody here now is about, about injuries in the future and about, um, about you know, times when we feel like, oh, Jesus, I could never get back to, to where I was. Let's think of these as opportunities. And this is exactly what I've started to think of with injuries. I've had so many of them now, homies, that if I left, if I left the first injury I ever had as an ultramarathon runner, stop me from running then I never would have crossed the line at the 200 mile race because I actually injured my hip and I wasn't able to run for three and a half weeks of that four month training block. You know, there was a month there gone where, uh, where I only had four months to train for this thing. There was a month where I couldn't run and it would have been so easy for me to say, I'm not going to do this 200 mile race. You know, I'm, I'm injured or whatever, but I got better about four weeks before the run itself. And was able to actually start running again beforehand because I had put the effort into the gym to strengthen up the muscles that I, you know what I mean, that I needed. So I'm going to see these things from now on. And sometimes it can be so fucking hard because you're like, oh, boys, I'm injured again. The same injury again. I have a really troublesome hip. It, it gives me trouble all the time. It gives me trouble all the And I've done everything I could to, to, to sort this out. But right now, it's feeling good. I'm running and it's feeling good. And there might be a day where it doesn't feel good again. And it it gives me trouble again. But I'll go through my same procedures and I will get back to running again. And I will get back to living my life again. And I'll see it as another opportunity to think about maybe another different aspect that I hadn't thought of before. Or point my fucking view into doing something that, you know, allows me to still get that joy from my life. When I was doing a lot of running and I had my hip problem, I 
um, I, I actually ended up running, or sorry, I ended up uh, getting far more into hiking because the muscles that I actually injured were to do with like repetitive action running injuries. So when I was hiking, they didn't come at me at all. And by hiking with fucking bag on my back and hiking up these mountains, I strengthened my legs and I strengthened my legs up a lot to the point where I actually, you know, I was actually had stronger legs than before I started doing a lot of the hiking. So then when I got back running, I was far less injury prone because I had strong legs. And I would have never, I never would have um, discovered that if I had just said, oh no, I'm fucking injured and that's it. Like, you know what I mean? Fuck's sake. I'm going to throw in the towel here now. No. We, you need to fucking, you need to use the tips that I was saying about just there and arm yourself with the information first and then get strong. And that's that. And, and sometimes it can be hard to do that. Like, you know what I mean? Because we, we're going to have that victim mentality. And I was talking about this in the Mike Tyson conundrum episode of that fucking dark voice inside you that says nah don't bother you're going to just get injured again you know this is you know you're not going to be able to push as hard as you used to um i, I bet you you're, you're feeling good now but uh you, you you go for one run and it'll feel like shit again that fucking voice tell that voice to fuck off because he's not or she's not welcome here right the voice that is welcome is okay what can we do what can we do to get ourselves back on the road? What can we do to, you know, maybe just get that fucking element of joy back in our lives? Can we swim? Can we go into the fucking sea and swim? Can we go to the pool and swim? Can we hop on the bike? Can we do a bit of cycling? You know, what can we do? You know, can we just go for a fucking walk? You know, on the beach? Yeah, we can. We can do some certain of these things and they will help us to get back mentally and physically to where we were. Let's see these as opportunities. Because this is all to do with this whole fact that this is also just a journey. This is just a journey. This is just, I'm, I'm on a journey. If you think back to, like I'm reading Lord of the Rings at the moment. And you think back to all the times where the boys could have failed. All the times where Frodo didn't make it or couldn't or just fell short. And had a setback, you know, on his way to bringing that ring to Mordor, right? And just all the times where he could have just sat down and goes, ah, fuck this. You know, it's impossible. And it's never going to fucking be better. And we're never going to get a fucking break here. No. I want, I, you know, I want you to, to take that mentality going forward If you in tip number four. And knowing that it's a journey is that we're going to have to fucking just, you know, we're going to have to be able to see the light through the darkest times. If we want to keep ourselves going. You might be injured now. You might be injured now. Listen to this right now. Um, and you might be, or you, or you might have lost luster for it, and you might have fell back into habits that you don't like, you know, eating too much, or maybe drinking too much, or, you know, just not being as active. What I will say to you right now is, if you want to, if you want to um, do better, if you want to do better, you have to actually do better. And if you want to do better right now, when you're listening to this, go to the kitchen. Fill yourself a glass of water and, and start sipping that glass of water and see that as the first step forward to, to getting back onto the road, to getting back into the gym, to, you know, starting to do a bit of exercises. Do you know what I do sometimes when I feel like that as well is I drink my glass of water and I get down, I do 10 press-ups. You're like, what, what the fuck is 10 press-ups going to do? 
what it's going to do is I've done something, you know, I've done something today that is good for me in, in, in this, in, in getting back into training and getting back into that way of life or that 10 press ups could just be a walk or do a lunge or two in the kitchen there, lunge three or four times, get those muscles woken back up again. And I promise you, you're, you're back on the road already. You know what I mean? From there. So that's the fourth tip. Just know that this is a journey. It's going to be ups and downs. It's going to be dark times. It's going to be light times. It's going to be some wonderful times. So enjoy every aspect of it. Okay? Um, and there's going to be times where you just feel shit. And I've been there too. But I promise you, you're going to get out of it. And you're going to fucking... You're going to to see the end of that and you're going to see some bright, wonderful, beautiful things in your life. And I might just start with pouring that glass of water, sipping that and getting that hydration into you. So, um, I'm going to end. I'm going to end on that note. And um, I want you to know, guys, that, uh, you know, this is just one element of, of life. You know what I mean? This is just one element of life is is uh, running or one element of life is podcasting or one of the element of life is doing your work. Life is about variety. Life is about, you know, touching and tasting and feeling different things. You know, loving different things and, you know, maybe disliking different things. Moving your way through different elements and different parts of your life. And, and they will be full of all types of fucking turns and twists and, you know. But it's 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 what makes it wonderful when, uh, you know, the small little victories come in and stuff like that, you know. So, anyway. As always, guys. I just want to thank you all for listening to the podcast. I want to thank all of the patrons of the podcast who have went down to www patreon.com forward slash flip the script with C. O'Keefe and I've become a patron of mine um, it's absolutely wonderful um, you can follow the link in my bio as well if you want to even just check it out see what the whole thing is about if you don't fully understand what Patreon is even you know what I mean and the fantastic thing is if you become a patron you're paying for someone else that can afford to actually you know be a patron of the podcast to keep this going so um you're going to do great. You're going to do great. To, to whoever's listening to here right now, you're going to do great. Um, you start by start by saying that to yourself as much as you possibly can. And uh, it will manifest itself in the real world. So, peace and love. Con. <laughs>